just for a few minutes, I'm not alone with the preacher, and I'm not a big fan of storytelling. So just try to get your mind grouped in this service, and then we'll just go to the house. But just for this, try to get your mind off the bar, the kids, don't let the devil get in your head, start telling you stuff, just try to concentrate on this one service so we can get through and get out of here because that's what this one service is about with me. Uh, if you want to stand for the reading of the word, please. Open your Bibles to John 19.30. Like I said, I look different. I am different. There's a lot of preachers in here tonight. They're all wearing suits. I got some suits. But I told the pastor I didn't want to wear a suit because this is the Brother Wayne that you know. This is Brother Wayne that you shouted with, that you shook hands with, that you hugged. If I come in here in a suit, it would change everything, so I wouldn't do it. I said, we're going to stay with what we got, cowboy boots and blue jeans. All right, if you're at John 19 and 30, the Bible says, And when Jesus had received, therefore, the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray. Father, we ask you, Lord, to come upon us, overshadow us. You ask Peter, Lord, and a command to feed the lambs, Lord, and the sheep. We don't ask for a great meal, Lord. We just ask for the crumbs from your table tonight to be upon us, to bless us and keep us, Lord, and shield us and stir our soul, Lord. Stir our soul, Lord, through this word in Jesus' name. Right, you can be seated. I'm going to ask you a question. If you know the answer, just raise your hand. If you don't, I'll tell you when we get through, I'm sure there's somebody in here, as many people as there are in here, knows the answer to this question. Does anybody know what the last word in the Bible is? Just raise your hand if you do. We've got one, two, three, four, five. What is it, sissy? Amen. Amen. What could you possibly say after you say it is finished that would be more appropriate than amen? So be it. He done all he going to do, church. He done everything that he needed to do. He come and done it. What's left is up to me and you. It's all about us now. He's going to give us what we need to get there. He's going to furnish transportation, but you're going to have to put some elbow grease in this thing to get up out of here and get into the next world if you get to go. Because it's straight and it's very, very narrow. There ain't nobody going with you hand in hand. You ain't taking no baggage. You know, they had them old mules and donkeys. They put them saddlebags on. He can't get through there because he's carrying extra weight. Paul said, set aside that weight that so easily beset you. We ain't got to where I'm going yet, but I'm just trying to get my head together here with this because it's been over 20 years since I preached. I ain't preached since 2002. Now, Nicodemus asked the Lord, could a man enter into his mother's womb a second time and find salvation? And the Lord said he had to be born again of water and the Spirit. Now, my question to the Lord tonight was, can a man enter into grace a second time? And he's not told me, but when we get through here tonight, I'll know if I can enter into God's grace through ministry or if I can't. And I'm persuaded to believe that I can because he said in his word 
that the gifts and the calling are out without repentance. So I can't be saved if I can't preach. Just that simple. I know I, some people want to pat somebody on the head and say, you're going to be a preacher. Somebody wants to send the next one to college and say, well, I'm going to send you off to get some knowledge. There ain't no Bible for none of that. That's man and flesh. And there's a lot of activity going on in churches today that's just flesh and man. That's why you got to be able to stay in the spirit when you come into God's sanctuary to say which one is who. Is this flesh or is it man? Because we're living in a time, church, when it's not right or wrong. It's what's right and what's almost right. That's where we're at. So you ain't just looking at what you think you see. You're looking at something that's just like what it's supposed to be and something that's almost just like it was because the Bible tells you in Revelations that the devil is hard at it. He's got such a little time in Revelation 12. He talks about he's so pressed, and he's doing everything he can do today to challenge the church world. Why is that? Because this is the only place right here that he's got any problem with. Everybody, including Lucifer, knows that there's power in prayer. Your government knows it. The world knows it. To shut the church down and say it's not essential, that's the first thing they wanted to do when the pandemic come, shut you out and keep you out of the church where you couldn't pray and isolate you and keep you away from God's house. That's the government's prop. That's their point tonight, and they're going to continue that. They're going to continue to try to separate you from this house. Now, disciples we're going to be in acts one two and three that's where i'm going to be ministering from tonight and i'm going to tell you this before we start three six and nine stay up for those three numbers because we're going to be using all three of them now that the jews prayed three times a day they used the sun when the sun come up that was six o'clock seven eight nine was the third hour ten eleven twelve was the sixth hour one two three Three was the ninth hour. Okay, everybody with me on that? Because that's where we're going to be at. Now, the Lord ascended from the grave, come out, and was seen and stayed with the disciples 40 days. 40 days they walked with him hand in hand. And then they went up on the mountain of olives and watched the Lord ascend back into heaven. Now, where, where would you be with the Lord but on a high? Every time we get to be with God, we're on the mountaintop. We don't ever get to find him down in the valley, Sister Arlene. It's always up high where we go to find the Lord. And that's where he left them from. And he said, go back to Jerusalem. Now, if you read in Luke 24:49, it said, Behold, the promise my Father will send to you. Terry, Terry, Terry. That's, that's the thing tonight is go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. That's what's wrong with the church world today is we ain't went back to Jerusalem and got a hold of God's power. We're content to come Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night and sit in God's house, sing, and not pray and plead and worry and tarry and stay and say, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't care what else we happen. If I don't get nothing to eat, as long as I get to go to Jerusalem, I got to go and tarry. Come on, church. The Bible says, when you got over to Acts 2, it was over Acts, let's go back to Acts 1. It was 120. There ain't 120 in this building tonight. It was 120 disciples gathered. 
They went through casting lots to see who's going to replace Judas after he hung himself. They got with Matthias. Then we're back in Jerusalem. Now we done left the mountaintop. We're back in the valley. According to history, the mount where the Lord left and where they went back to was three-quarters of a mile. Now we're afraid because you know what they're doing when they said, oh, he was with the Lord. Peter denied him three times because he didn't want nothing to do with that. Well, now we got 120, and they're saying, oh, all these. Was, so we're not, now we're all scared again. So what do we do? We go back to the Lord, and we go up to the upper room, and we lock down. 120 people in there, one mind, one body, and one accord. Come on, church. We can't, they can't, we can't get there tonight from here. He looked down on us and said, if there be any two, if there be any two of you as to touching one thing, not 120, but if there just be two of you, just two of you get together and touch any one thing, my Father will do it. We can't get together two of us, much less 120. They was up there locked in. When you go to look at Pentecost, that's a Greek word. It's, mount, it's pronounced like P.O. Costa. It actually means 50. So, it's a Jewish holiday. They were locked in the upper room 10 days. They were with the Lord 40, and they was locked in the upper room 10 days praying and fasting. Pray and fast. We don't want our flesh, don't want to miss one meal in this day and age of 2022, much less 10 days. They don't, nobody want to discuss nothing about no fast. You imagine fast and you're going to get a, whoo, I don't want to go there because I ain't used to that. Praying, my God. We can't get away from television long enough to get a good prayer going. It's like my son told me, he said, Daddy, I worry about you being up here by yourself. You need to go get you a television. He had just told me he got so mad watching the news, he wanted to take his pistol and shoot a hole in it. He said, you need to go get you a television, Daddy. And I said, for what? So I could shoot a hole in it with my pistol? I don't want no television because I already know what's on it. These children, these children sitting around in here, they know what's on it too. They know when to watch it, when to not watch it. That old mess of YouTube that's on their telephones, they had all kind of filth on there. It's presented to them. It's gave to them freely. That's why it's up to you as a parent to govern what your child does. Say, well, mine, I seen this little lady right here today. I shouldn't go there, but I am. She come in here with a switch. See, when I was growing up, we didn't have timeouts. I don't know about you, but my mom and daddy didn't know nothing about timeouts. When mom or daddy said, shut up, you got somewhere to shut up, because if you didn't, you was fixed to get something. The switch this lady had, you fit to get some one of them gallberry bushes. It wasn't no little old twig like she was told. Because mom and daddy rolled a roost and you didn't dare open your mouth and say no. I was totally against the rule. We're running rampant today, church. And the church body is all that can stop it. This is the only place that you can get and get a hold of something that's strong enough and anchored in God to say I am going to stop right here. This is where the bug stops. I ain't going to let the devil run me, put no ring in my nose and lead me around. Put him on notice and say, no, devil, we're through. Leave my young'uns alone. 
Listen to me, church. When we got born again, God gave us power. He gave us power. He said, go to Jerusalem and tarry. My God will put the power in you. If you go there and believe you got it, you got it. We just ain't using it. We're being kicked around, beat up, and fouled and busted every time we turn around. We're on a high and we're on a low. We ought to be on a high all the time. Instead, we're just getting kicked around and knocked around and slapped in the face like some child by the enemy and we ain't fighting back. We got the power. If we can't believe anything else, we need to believe what we read. We can't just read one paragraph and say, well, that don't apply to me. Because you got you to eat every bit of that book. You can't just pick and choose. That ain't a buffet. That's a one meal, one deal operation. You got to eat every bit of it. If you're going to eat it, if you can't eat it all, you might as well just go to the house tonight and say, I don't want nothing to do with it. Because this, this is where judgment's going to start. It ain't going to start down at the roadhouse end, baby. That ain't where it's going to happen because they ain't bugging one another down there about nothing. Right in here. This is where it starts. That's what it says in the book of Peter. Judgment must begin at God's house. This is where we're going to see it become because this is where the Antichrist is going to be and he's coming. These youngers that's running around here, they go, I'm persuaded to believe I won't see it. I may. I may very well see it. At the progress this world is going, it's possible. But these youngers that's running around here, these toddlers, they're going to see the coming of the Lord because this world cannot continue to go forward in the motion it's going in without breaking down. It can't. It just can't. There ain't no possible way. And what's even better than that is the Lord ain't going to let it. He didn't allow Sodom and Gomorrah. Poor Sister Sherry, she was talking about it. He didn't allow uh, Sodom and Gomorrah to continue with that garbage. And he ain't going to allow this world to continue with it. Now the Bible said when the Lord gave up the ghost, what happened? The temple. Many in twain fell over. Woo, the rocks broke. The graves opened up. What they was having, church, is what we need to have now. It said at the sixth hour, that was at 12 o'clock, everything went dark. The entire earth went dark till three, till the ninth hour, which was three o'clock. That was three hours. We need a darkness and an earth shaking to come over this world that we're living in to put the fear of God back in God's house to where the people ain't scared of the... Oh, there ain't no fear in God's house no more of God. We fear the devil and what he's going to do, but we don't fear God that's going to send us to hell if we don't get ourselves grouped up and say we're going through with this. We're just content to get whatever's on our plate and eat it. We should be eating the best in God's house because we are the ones that are called by his name. And that ought to be point blank. These children, when those people harass you at school, you need to get up on them, honey. Get up close to them. Let them see that light because anywhere there's light, I don't care how dark it is out there, if you go out there and strike a big light or that dark, will immediately flee. You get on them people. Get up there close to them. Just walk up to them. They'll run from you. You ain't got to say nothing to them, I guarantee you. You put that light in the dark and it will go if it ain't nothing but one spark because that darkness cannot stand light. And we are that light, church. If you take the church out of the world, what kind of mess would you have? We need to go back. We need to go back to Jerusalem. 
and we need to tarry. And we need to try to get in one mind and one accord and get our mind when we come into the God's house off all this other garbage that's waiting on the other side of that door. When we go out of there, it's going to face you. I've been trying to get a divorce for over, almost a year. I'm finally going to get to see a judge the 30th of this month. be a year and 10 days if everything goes well. But that don't none of that matter. I said all that made any difference to me was the 30th of November. It'd be over. That's all I care about. I don't care about none of this other garbage. I'm living for the Lord. I'm one of the king's children. I'm one of the king's. When you say, who is he? Just say, I belong to the king. I'm a child of the king. I ain't got to put up with your trash. I ain't got to put up with your garbage. I ain't got to listen to your junk. I ain't got to be part of your committee. I ain't got to be part of your clique. I ain't got to be part of your cult. I belong to the church because I'm a child of the king, and I'm going to stick with that. But we ain't done it. We ain't been back. We don't want to go to Jerusalem. Woo! There's a lot of stuff going on down there. They're threatening killing people down there, cutting their heads off, sticking swords through them, burning them with stakes, dropping them in hot oil, pushing them off of mountains. They don't nobody want no part of that. I don't want to go to Jerusalem. Is there another place I can go? No. Ain't nowhere else to go to. He said, go and tarry till you be endued with power on high. In other words, don't just go down there, but go down there with a set mind that I'm going to stay till when I come out of there, I'm going to have me something I can hold in my hand, put in my bosom, and say, I am going to walk. See, Peter was walking. Everybody said Peter was walking on water. Peter wasn't walking on the water. Peter was walking on the word. The Lord said, come. When Peter said, if it be thou, Lord, bid me to come. The Lord said, come unto me. That's all it took. Peter was walking on God's word. And that's what we ought to be walking on tonight is the word of God. Instead of worrying about what the devil's going to do to us, say to us, or bother us, take from us, we ought to be steadfast in God's word saying, no. I'm staying with the master. I know some of you probably think I'm crazy. I've been told I was crazy a lot more times than I've ever been told I was smart. I was a hellion child when I was born. I can look at you and tell you you've never been where this old man's been. And I pray to God that you or none of your youngins, I pray that my grand youngins never go where I've been. The things I've been involved in and the things I've done just thankful I am so thankful that my youngins and grand youngins has never been there and that, that that's all I say when when they say papa or daddy I've messed up I say that's fine you still ain't been where your papa or your daddy's been you've been out there in the deep but you ain't been out there in the deep and stayed as far out of reach as I have we got to commit church we got to totally and completely surrender. Amen. Come here, Pastor. Come down here with me. Now, that's me and this man right here. We've done the good, the bad, and the ugly. We've done some. I've known him ever since I was big enough to see one of these youngins running around here. Me and Brother Ed was always been together. Used to live side by side. We made mud pies. We've made coat caps and put on dog fennels and made bow and arrows. You name it, we've done it. We've hunted together. We've fished together. Well, I ain't even going to tell on us, Brother Edward. But we ain't never been two apostles. Hallelujah. We've preached together, but we ain't never been two apostles. 
We're going to be two apostles tonight. I'm going to be Peter, and he's going to be John. All right? All right, Peter and John was going down up to the temple to pray. The Bible says about the ninth hour. What time is that? That's 3 o'clock. 3, 6, 9, remember that. All right, the, beggar, the lame man was laid at the gate of beautiful. He was laid down there every day. Now, they said he was there begging alms. And you think, well, he's there begging money. No, he's not there begging money. Alms does not mean he was there hunting money. Alms mean that he was there hunting compassion. He was there hunting what Pastor Williams was talking about this morning, the love of God, that divine relationship with Christ. That's what that lame man was hunting. When Peter looked at him, he looked at Peter and John asking of alms. And Peter looked at him, and he looked at Peter. And Peter said, look on us. Well, see, the difference between us and him is he looked on Peter and John. Once Peter said, look on us, he looked on them expecting to receive something. He didn't say what he said he wanted. He just said he expected to receive something. If you want anything from God, when you come through them doors, you need to be expecting. You need to be expecting to get a hold of something. If you come in here looking for a healing, he already gave it to you in a promise. You need to be expecting to receive your healing. If you come in here looking for salvation and deliverance, you need to be expecting to receive it. Woo, come on now. Peter looked on him and he said, silver and gold, I have none. In other words, he was broke, church. He was broke, but he said, such as I have. Woo, come on, Brother Williams. He said, such as I have. I ain't got no silver, no gold, but such as I have, give I ye. Woo, come on now. Let me give you what I got in my pocket. It's greater than any silver and any gold. Let me give you some of this. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. The Bible said his legs and bones began to come together, and he ran off shouting and praising God because Peter had something to give. Have we got anything to give tonight, church? Have we got anything to give? Peter had something. He'd been in the upper room for 10 days fasting and praying. He had something. He didn't have no money. He didn't have a fancy car. He didn't have a new four-wheel drive pickup. He didn't have a new brick home. He didn't have no money, period, is what he said. He said, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have. Such as I have. I give, I give it. We need that. We need what Peter had. The question is, are we willing to sacrifice See, according to history, Peter was crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to face and die the same way that Jesus Christ did. Are we willing to be burned at the stake? It's coming to that church. We can shake our head no and say, I don't know. We ain't never had one of our children or grandchildren walk up and pull us by the leg and say, Mama or Daddy or Papa, Mama, I'm starving to death. Well, that's what it's coming to because you're either going to be living for God and dying for God or you're going to take the mark of the beast and you're going to die and go to hell. That's what's going to happen. I know everybody's talking about John 3.16, how Jesus loves you. He does. He loves you to death. That's why he's got me up here telling you because I speak with the boldness of Peter. That same Jesus that died on the cross in John 3.16 is the same one that will judge you in the hell. There ain't no way of getting around it. 
People say, I don't take the mark of the beast. You're going to do one or the other. You're going to live for God and die for God, or you're going to take the mark because you can't sell, barter, or trade. That's not for you, but that's for your children as well. You had one of them pulling on your leg saying, I'm hungry, I'm starving. What are we going to do now? That's coming. That's coming. I don't care if you got a Republican president. I don't care if you got Trump in there. I don't care if you got Nancy Pelosi in there. I don't care if you got Joe Biden in there. I don't care who you got in there. They ain't going to hinder the coming of the Lord. The Lord is coming back just like he said. He's coming back to get the church. And I want to be part of it when he comes. I don't want to be left here wearing with this craziness that's going on in this world. We're running out of time. That's what's happening to the church world today. Is we, we got set on the back burner, and we think we can just sit back there and simmer. It ain't that way. We got decisions to make. I, do I want in this thing, or I, am I just going to get half in? Because half in, like uh, Pastor Williams said, not half in ain't going to get it. You're either going to be all in, or you're going to be all out. There ain't no half in. The Bible said the Lord was coming back after a bride that had made herself ready. In other words, she ain't in there putting on her shoes and getting on her gown. She's already standing at the door with her lamp trimmed and her light burning, saying, I'm ready. Come on and get me Jesus. That's where we need to be. We need to get up in the morning saying, Lord, I'm ready. Oh, you're going to say, well, you got to be perfect now. I'm no, I ain't going to say you got to be perfect because you flesh. See, every one of us was born with us. Bless you, Daddy. How did sin come in this world? Came by man. Hallelujah. Came by man. Every one of us had a fleshy daddy but Jesus. Woo! Jesus didn't have a fleshy daddy. See, the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. He had a spiritual daddy. That makes a big, big difference when you're dealing with flesh and spirit. Because those that say, well, like I just blowed my popping law's face right off of his he told me he said I, can't, I won't even fool one of them King James Bibles because I can't understand it I got to have the new King James version I said well James you know why you can't understand it he said no you want to tell me and I said yeah I'll be glad to I said because the Bible is spiritually discerned if you want to know what it is ask the Lord and he'll explain it to you it ain't a man made operation this is a spiritual thing God wants to get you in there where he can open up your mind to understand the scriptures that he's trying to tell you so you can eat on it. I'm one of them people, I can't just deal with a milk message every time I go to church. I got to have something with a bone in it. You know, you feed that old dog a bone and he'll gnaw on it. He'll go out there and dig him a hole and bury it. And he'll come back three hours and dig it back up and eat that same bone again. And he may do that three or four times before he ever gets it ate up. I got to have something to gnaw on. I want to hear that God is real. He's still in the healing business, but hell is growing every day. There ain't no climate change in this green deal. That's hogwash and news media. That ain't nothing but hell growing inside that's creating all this heat. When I was a child, by now it was freezing. People wearing short sleeve shirts around today. Why? Well, that's climate change. I ain't got nothing to do with climate change. That's hell. That's hell getting bigger. Why? Because we're living in a liberated world, and they're dying everywhere. They're dying 24-7. For the next breath, you take some breath and leave somebody, and somebody's going to hell. 
Why? Because they don't nobody want to hear about Jesus. You start talking about Jesus, you go into a public restaurant and say grace out loud, and everybody will look at you like, what's his problem? I don't want to hear that. Come on, y'all know it's true. We're just living in that time and that era. These children, what are they doing going through dealing with us garbage at school? You got to have some compassion. But you ain't got to be kicked in the head and knocked down every time you turn around either. Because why? Because he said you would be endued with power. I don't have to take that garbage. Just like one said, oh, you say anything about my pastor, I'll come see you. I'll come straighten you out. And they said, well, who said something about him? And they said, well, Wayne Forehand said something about him. He said, oh, well, we'll just pray for him. Yeah, that's what I want you to do is come get in my face. Because you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to have to an action till you actually be confronted with it. See, might, might I just say down, I'm sorry. Might my old man come out and I just slap your teeth out. You don't know how, you don't know how the next man is going to come to that reaction or that action. You don't know how he's going to act. So rather than take a chance on getting your teeth knocked out, you'd rather just say, I'll just let the Lord take care of him. Because I already know what he's about. We got the power, church. That was physical power. But I'm talking about spiritual power. You got to have the power over this. See, this is my worst enemy. It's not Satan. Me and Satan don't have near the problem that me and Wayne does. Near the problem. Because this up here, he said, be not conformed, but trans. Come on, brother Edward. Transformed. By what? By the renewing of your mind. You got to get this head with this body and tell this body this head's running stuff, and it's all going to come right out of here. This is where all the power and the motor comes from is the heart. We got to be Christ-like. And we got to believe that he'll take care of us. I don't know what I would have done with it. If he hadn't been in my life in the last year, I don't know what I would have done. I'd have probably committed suicide or shot myself. Because I've been tried. I've been used. I've been abused. I've been stole from. I've been robbed. I've been lied to. I've been threatened with felony threats that get me locked up and put in jail. That was a lie. I've been cheated on. What did I do? I just held on, baby. I said, I just held on. and said, Lord, I know you got this. I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't know how many tears I'm going to cry. I don't know how many meals I'm going to miss. But I know you're in control. I know there ain't nothing going to happen to me that you don't allow. I'm in the fire. He said you was going to be put in the fire. So when you get there, don't go to crying and whining about, Lord, I'm burning because I've been burning. I don't know how about you, but this old man's been sitting in the oven and burning for the last year. I've been on cook on a slow simmer, and I've just been biding my time because I said I don't care how it comes or goes. I know God is going to do his business at his time, just like tonight. All I ask is you be fed from what the Lord's gave through me to you. That it stirred you to some desire, to some want, to some hunger. To say God is real. God is the most powerful. Ain't but one thing he can't do. And that's lie. He can't lie to you. So everything that he says to you is a promise. 
If he said you would be endued with power on high, we need to be church seeing what we got to do to get it. I'm willing to go in the upper room. I'm willing to, I ain't never fasted longer than seven days. Six and seven's been my limit. But if I knew I could get that power, brother, I'd just go ahead and hack them other three days out some way or another. Because I've been down the road for seven and you're getting hungry. And that flesh is crying out, oh, come on, church. That flesh is crying like a whip youngin at seven days. Them legs is weak. That back's hurting. Your eyes is just filled with tears. Every time anybody says anything, you want to cry and hide your face because you say, oh, God, how much more of this can I stand? And he said, I got all this. You just do what I told you to do. You just do what I told you to do. Follow my lead. Go back to Jerusalem and tarry, tarry, tarry till you be endued with power from on high. I don't care how long it takes you to get there. Your time might not be mine and might not be yours. But he said it, and if he said it, we got to believe that if we go back to Jerusalem and tarry, Till we endued with power from on high, it will come to pass in due time. If we believe it. That's the question right there. Do you believe it? He said, he said, each man, each man received a portion of faith. These days they say, oh, I don't believe in God. Well, you lying rascal, you. Because the Bible said you received a portion of faith just like I did. What it is, are you utilizing that little mustard seed or have you buried it somewhere in an earthly vessel and just leaving it laying there? That's the question. One of these brothers in here told me tonight, he said, if I knowed that I was going to be in your shoes in a little bit, I wouldn't have slept a wink. I'm not in an unfamiliar neighborhood, trust me. Being right where I am in front of you with this microphone is not an unfamiliar place. And what's even greater than that is I know I'm not up here by myself, honey. Woo, I know I'm not up here by myself. I know that he that is greater than anything and everything. And he told me greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, I can either accept that and run with that or I can call him a liar. But I'm going to believe that what's in me is greater than the what's out there. All the demons in hell that comes out and flogs me, they'll be, they'll be trying to get in my truck with me before I get to it. And I already know that tonight. They ain't no telling what I'll be dealing with tomorrow. But to tell you the truth, I don't care. Because I know whatever it is, God is driving. We got to believe that God is driving. He's leading. All we got to do, he's already made the tracks, church. He's already made the tracks. That's just like the wolf in sheep's clothing. They say, oh, the wolf's going to come into church and sit down beside you, and he'll look just like you because he'll be in sheep's clothing. Yeah, he will. But you know how you can tell, brother? When you look at that wolf, don't look at that wolf, honey. Look at the tracks that wolf leaves because that wolf will leave sowing discord, reproach, embarrassment, hardship, backbiting, backstabbing, gossip. When he leaves, oh, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. I said when he might have sat there beside you in the church and looked just like you did. But if you look at the tracks he's leaving, when he leaves, he ain't leaving what you left. He's leaving that of the enemy. I'm fixing to shut up, brother. I don't know what time it is. I don't know how long I've been up here. I don't even care. I got, I got something I got to do. I got to get this off.
that shed up in my bones for 20 years. I got to get this out. And I, I, I feel for you poor people because you're the one that's catching on the low end of it. Everything runs downhill and it's coming from here to you. So we're just going to have to deal with it. Preacher may not never let me preach no more here tonight, but I got this one time down. That's all I wanted was one time. That's been where it's been laying over my head like a shadow. Because I knew I was called to be a minister, and I just got away from it years ago when I went to work with the Department of Corrections. I had to get away from God because every day that I went to work, I was cussed for everything you could ever name for eight solid hours working in a close management unit where they was throwing anything for feces to urine and anything else they could get their hands on at you. Then I went through a divorce and through all that. I said, I'll just, I'll just do with it. But I come back. People say you got to come up and get the altar. This is where you got to come to get saved. That's a lie. Well, you can get saved anytime you want to. That's another lie. What I read in the Bible, it says, No man cometh unto me except he be drawn. He be drawn by the Father. In other words, that Spirit's got to call you up here to this altar for you to get saved. You can't get saved when you get ready. I don't care what nobody tells you. I'm telling you what the Bible says. When the Lord draws you, that's why he said he's going to deal with you and deal with you and deal with you, and then he's going to turn you over to a reprobate mind and let you be damned because he's tired of wearing with you. But he has gave you that option because he said it's not the Lord's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he's gave us that liberty to get saved. We just have put him off and said, well, I'll get with you later. It ain't going to work out that way for you, brother or sister. If you don't go when he calls you, that may be your last and only option to go. Because where I live up there, there's an intersection. And when I look to pull up there that stop sign and I look to the west, I can see a half a mile. When I look to the east, I can see a half a mile. And somehow, some way, three vehicles got tied up in a wreck there the other night. From what I understood off of Facebook, two of them was one of them was a silver Jeep, a semi, and, a, and another car. One was killed, probably because somebody was trying to drive and look at a telephone at the same time. See, we ain't got a promise of tomorrow. If we can get through the night, when our feet hit the floor in the morning... We need to lift that holy hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Because there's a lot of them that ain't going to make it through the night to get to tomorrow. If I'm one of them, my walk with God is completed. Brother Williams has allowed me to minister tonight, and I feel good. I think the Lord has delivered me. That was the only thing lacking in my life. I said, you got to go somewhere, son, and minister. If it ain't but one message for you to be saved, because you are without Repentance. Pastor Williams allowed me to get up here and minister to his church. Hopefully I ain't hurt nobody. Of course, evangelists can do that, see. I can come by and just knock your blocks right out from under you and keep going right on out the door and not think a thing about it because that's what evangelists do. And what your pastor going to do? Well, he's going to come by, honey, and get out all the salve and the, all the old material and the band-aids, and he's going to heal you right back up because that's what pastors do. That's why Brother Williams said pastors can't be evangelists and evangelists can't be pastors because you're out of your calling. Every one of you's got something in your life that the Lord wants you to do. You just got to get in a place to be able to do it, and you don't want to. 
Just like that old saying, you can lead a mule to the water, but you can't make him drink. Well, I can lead you into the church. God can talk to you and deal with you, but if you don't want to do it, you ain't going to do it because you're bucking. Sister Sherry, didn't you have one of them signs that said rebellion? Rebellion is witchcraft. If you'll go read the Bible, it'll tell you that's witchcraft. Rebelling against God. You got to want to. This is not something that we're going to be just handed out there like a piece of pie. I wish it was, but it ain't. This walk with God is going to be costly. That oil that goes in that alabaster box, that's costly stuff, honey. You don't just pick that up down here at the dollar store and say, I got a quart to go in my truck. That oil that goes in that alabaster box is costly. That's expensive. Because that devil that walks around roaring, who's he looking for? He ain't looking for me. Because he knows when he comes to me, he may put hands on me, but I may put hands on him. Look at me, brother. That's how that works. You're either scared of him or you ain't. And with me, I ain't going to be scared. Because I've been places where you could separate the boys from the men right fast like. And you could do it by looking in their eyes to see if they was afraid. I don't look at fear like some people does. That's why they said just let him go and go about his business because we don't know what he's going to do. He may preach his Holy Ghost one night, but he may not be as full of Holy Ghost as he thinks he is. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Most of you people, some of you know me. I know Sister Lane, Erlene. See, they Robert Longshore cast devils out of me in 1979. I know where I come from. Oh, yeah, some of you are saying, hmm, that's a reality check. You got to be been there to really, really grasp. You got to be used. You got to be abused. You got to be set on fire and say, thank you, Jesus, because Pastor Paul said even in his, whoo, in his infirmities, he still praised him. We can't praise him when we ain't doing nothing but having a good time and on the mountaintop. We still ain't got no praise in 2022. We got to just wait till he just buries us down and stomps us in the mud. And then we'll start crying out to God when he's been trying to get us to move along all the time to carry us out of Egypt. Woo! I'm thinking to shut up. Come here, Brother William, to get this microphone. Let me get away from this. Yeah. God bless y'all. Well, that's good preaching. How long did you say you ain't preached? All right. Done a pretty good job.